We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. I am Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram and threads now at Trevor Lane NBA. We've got a lot to talk about today. It is now mid-July. We are careening towards August, which is the true dog days of the NBA offseason. Yes, there's still some things going on around the league. We're all still waiting. Is there going to be a Damian Lillard trade? What's going to happen with James Harden? What about now Pascal Siakam up north in Toronto? So there's still some things that have to go down. And, of course, we know the Lakers, and this could hinge upon those other moves, they still need to sign a 14th player to their roster most likely that's going to be a big man is it going to be christian wood is it going to be bismack biombo somebody else just calling castleton get that spot we'll see what ultimately happens there so there are still some things still in play on the market right now uh across the nba and also with the los angeles lakers but for the most part we're getting into off-season mode by the way this is what i'm planning on doing this is a five day a week podcast minimum you guys know usually we wind up with a weekend episode coming out too as well uh, as well we do like a saturday show or something like that uh, and you know during the season of course sometimes we even wind up seven days a week depending on when the games are scheduled because every single post game show becomes a lakers nation podcast that comes out for the next day um, but obviously as we get into august we get into september the news cycle slows down a lot and we start preparing for the next year. So what we're going to do is, is come August, the beginning of August here, we're going to shift to three days a week uh, for the Lakers Nation podcast. So just be aware that's going to be coming right now. We're still five days a week. And then once August gets here, we're going to shift to three days a week. And of course, that's only going to last through about midway through September around training camp. We'll go back to our traditional five day a week schedule. So just be aware that's coming. We'll publicize it. We'll get it out there exactly what days we're going to do and all that sort of stuff. We'll still do our live shows, make sure that we're giving opportunities for fans to come in and talk and, and converse and get into everything that's going on in the world of the Lakers, of course. But just be aware, that shift is indeed coming. But today we've got a, a few different things that, that we need to talk about. And I got to tell you this, the more I look at the Lakers' future, the more impressed I get with what they did this offseason. See, I think that's that's part of what made this offseason so successful it's not just this season. I think it's made them a championship contender this season, or at least it's given them that ceiling of being a championship team. And not every team in the NBA can say that, that their ceiling is to win a championship. But the Lakers this season, I think they can. Um, but I also look at the flexibility they've given themselves moving forward, and it's really impressive. 
But a lot of it is also going to hinge upon the next important date here for the Lakers. See, we always talk about the important dates, right? NBA draft night. We talk about uh, when free agency kicks off. We talk about the trade deadline. What day is the trade deadline on? Uh, This date coming up, August 4th, the most important date that we have left on the Lakers calendar. And this is why. August 4th is the date that Anthony Davis is eligible to sign a contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I talked about this a little bit with Mark Gunnels over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Uh, So if you're a podcast listener and you didn't catch that video yet, you guys can check that out. We did a little bit on this topic. But I I do want to look at what this means for the Lakers moving forward. So AD, uh, on the 4th, can sign. Well, starting on the 4th. Doesn't have to sign it then. But starting on the 4th, he'll be eligible to sign an extension with the Lakers. We saw the same thing with LeBron James. Uh, this past year where he wound up signing a a contract extension with LA. But he can sign a three-year deal worth about $167 million. Now, that doesn't mean three more years for LeBron in LA. That's not how it works. In fact, here, check this out. If you're watching over on uh, the YouTube channel, right now I'm going to put up the salaries for the coming seasons up on the screen. This is courtesy of SpotTrack. Uh, In fact, I can even move myself down a little bit so these numbers are a little bit bigger. Uh, uh, For podcast listeners, I'll read through some of these. But what what would happen? Anthony Davis, he's under contract for this season at $40.6 million. Next season, Anthony Davis has an early termination option, player option basically is what we consider this, for $43.2 million. So he can opt out of his deal this coming summer. Next, This time next year, Anthony Davis can opt out of his contract. That lines up with LeBron James. D'Angelo Russell also has the ability to opt out of his contract at that point. So the possibility is there for the Lakers to lose all three of those guys. All three of those guys could opt out and say, nope, see ya, we're walking away, we're going somewhere else. And the Lakers wouldn't have any recourse. There'd be nothing they could do about it. They would get cap room out of it, and that would be it. That would be it. And obviously that is a worst-case scenario situation. But for Anthony Davis specifically, what he has the ability to do this summer is add three more years to that. But that doesn't mean that those three years replace the player option year. No, if you do an extension in your Anthony Davis, essentially it would opt him into the 2024-2025 season and then would give him a contract for 25-26, 26-27, and 27-28. So that's where the extension would come into play. So we'd be talking about if Anthony Davis signs this thing in in August, that would mean that AD is under contract with the Lakers for five more seasons. That's what we'd be be talking about if Anthony Davis does get this extension done with the Lakers. So should the Lakers do that? Again, I talked about this a little bit with Mark Gunnels. I think the answer is 100% a yes. And you could say, well, AD, uh, he's injury prone. He's had these kind of issues before where he just he can't stay healthy. Is he really a 1A guy? There's all these questions out there. But you know what? I think sometimes we forget. Max contracts in the NBA for true superstars are an underpay. They're an incredible value. The most valuable contracts, the best bang for your buck in the NBA, it's true superstars on max contracts and rookie deals. Those are the most valuable contracts in the NBA. Now, it'll be interesting to see if that shifts at all under the new new CBA, but those are the most valuable contracts because these are guys that provide, even though you look at him and say, oh my gosh, this guy's going to make $40 million. Damian Lillard at the end of his contract is going to make like 60 plus million dollars. What is happening, right? But the cap is rising. And these are guys that if they are a true superstar, 
they provide more value on the floor than what their contract suggests that they do. And Anthony Davis, I think, fits that category. Anthony Davis is not that superstar who is kind of air quotes superstar in name only, but isn't really one of the top players in the NBA. Let's face it, when AD is at his best, I don't think there's a better defender in the league. I mean, he just went toe-to-toe with Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, against Memphis in the first round, and AD was on a different level. Like, it was clear. Even if you're a Memphis fan and you're watching that game, you got to go, man, that that dude is different than anything Jaron Jackson Jr.'s got. He is on a, in a different tier, different class of, of defensive player, and Jaron Jackson Jr. was the defensive player of the year. Now, you can say, well, AD gets hurt and, and all of that sort of stuff, but AD, when he's healthy, is easily one of the best players in the NBA. So if you can get him on a max contract, that's a bargain. That's a bargain based on the production that he gives you. And yes, there is some risk there in terms of injury and all that, but when he's on the floor, it's a bargain. But beyond that, look at the salaries. Look at the salaries that are that are up here right now. So LeBron James next season has a player option for $51.4 million. My guess, and it's only this, is that we may very well be heading into the final season of LeBron James with the Lakers. That may be what we're looking at here because we've heard for a while that he wants to play with Bronny and more power to him. That would be incredible for him to play with his son. But if he wants to play with Bronny, LeBron's already a billionaire. He's going to opt out. He's going to opt out of that deal and he's going to go play wherever Bronny gets drafted. Now, who knows? Maybe the Lakers draft Bronny and they keep him and they play father and son side by side in Los Angeles. What a Hollywood story. Could happen. But the Lakers also have to prepare, and I think they've done a nice job, for the eventuality that LeBron James might walk away. So look what happens. Let's say Anthony Davis signs that extension and LeBron this coming summer walks away. Now, if he didn't sign the extension and LeBron walks away, uh uh-oh, then suddenly you're staring down losing AD, losing LeBron. Now you can still, even if you don't give it an extension to AD, you can re-sign him to a new, he could opt out of his player option or his early, early termination option. And you could sign him to a new deal next summer, but you're certainly putting yourself in a dangerous position. If LeBron opts out and he's walking away and you didn't give an extension to AD and suddenly Anthony Davis can look at where else he might want to go. That's a dangerous spot to be in. It's a dangerous spot to be in. So if you're the Lakers, though, and you can get Anthony Davis on this extension, a couple of things could happen. If LeBron walks away, if he doesn't, then I think they just continue to roll forward together. But if LeBron walks away and you have Anthony Davis on extension, well, you can always trade him. If Anthony Davis looks around and says, you know what? LeBron's leaving. This is my opportunity here to, to take my leave as well. I'm going to get out of here. Great. Okay. Thanks for your years, Anthony Davis. Appreciate everything that you did. You helped win a championship. Now we're going to flip you. Now we're going to trade you. So you got your money. Now we're going to trade you somewhere and we're going to get assets back. We're going to, we're going to replenish the cupboard, right? We're going to restock. We're going to get back some of that draft capital that we lost when we traded for Anthony Davis, when we traded Russell Westbrook away and picked up D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, right? We made those moves and we gave up first round picks. We're going to recoup some of those assets now when we trade Anthony Davis. That's one option that unless you want to participate in a sign and trade just isn't really there if you don't give him the extension. So that's where you could go into LeBron walks away and you could go into a full rebuild next summer. 
full rebuild. Now, the downside of this is you don't control your 2025 draft pick, right? The New Orleans Pelicans, they get to pick this coming summer whether they want to take the Lakers' 2024 draft pick or 2025 draft pick. If this season goes the way the Lakers want it to, the Pelicans are going to kick the can down the road and they're going to ask for the 2025 pick, especially if they're hearing any whispers about LeBron and Anthony Davis both leaving. You better believe they're going to want that 2025 pick. So the Pelicans will take a huge victory lap if that's the path the Lakers go down, is LeBron walks away, you trade AD, you recoup assets, and you head into a rebuild with the jumpstart of the assets coming in from Anthony Davis. The Pelicans would go wild, right, if that happened. So that's a downside in addition to just rebuilding is not fun to begin with. But there's another path, even if you lose LeBron, where AD, look at what you've got then. Look at what you've got. Let's say you lose LeBron. LeBron walks away. And then you've got Anthony Davis, his contract, if he signs an extension this summer, it's going to be the same in 2024-2025. million. Then what do you have? Let's say D'Angelo Russell picks up his option, his player option. Okay, there's $18.7 million. Rui Hachimura, $17 million. Austin Reeves, $12.9 million. My goodness, what a value. Gabe Vincent, $11 million. Now, Jared Vanderbilt, notice Jared Vanderbilt is extension eligible technically as well this summer. It's not going to happen. The reason for that is that even with the new extension rules um, that actually in the new CBA that allow you to give more than you used to, it's probably not. A, he's so underpaid right now that it's not going to be enough. You're better off. And by the way, Jared Vanderbilt is working. And we're going to talk about him more in a minute. He's working with Phil Handy. Uh, we've already seen him working on that corner three a bit and some footage has come out. I'm excited for Vando this next season. But nonetheless, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him to extend because he can only do 140% of his prior year's salary. And I just, it's it's not enough. It's not enough money for him. He's probably going to hit free agency the next summer. Doesn't mean the Lakers lose him. But in any event, that number's not on on the books here. Torian Prince will be gone. Um, you could resign him, of course. You have non-bird rights. You have bird rights on Vanderbilt. That's worth noting. Jalen Hood-Shafino, 4 million bucks. Jackson Hayes is a player option. 2.5 million, Cam Reddish, 2.5 million player option. Nobody's going to worry about those. If those guys pan out, great. Maybe you have to pay to keep them. If they don't, even if they pick up those player options and you decide we don't want those guys anymore, it's not going to cost you a lot to move minimum contracts like that. Max Christie will be a restricted free agent and his, uh, his qualifying offer is only 2.3 million. So similar to Austin Reeves this season, well, that's pretty easy to work around, isn't it? That's a pretty small number where if you decide, hey, LeBron's walking away, let's be a cap space team. Max Christie at just two million bucks, especially if he does what we're expecting him to do this season and he becomes part of the rotation, that could become a real bargain. And then you take care of business, sign whoever you want to sign, and then you use and then you give Max Christie the raise that that Austin got essentially. Colin Castleton, Demoy Hodge, Cole Swider, those guys are on their two-way deals. But so what this all means is that if you're the Lakers, let's say the cap goes up 10% again. We're looking at a salary cap of almost $150 million for the salary cap. You're probably talking about not including uh, open roster spots. You're looking at somewhere around like $40 million in cap space to play with. Even more if, if say, D'Angelo Russell opts out and you part ways with him. But even if he doesn't, 
That's the other piece to this. What you'll say, well, okay, who's even out there in 2024 to go get? That's fair. There's not a lot of guys out there. But that cap room can still be used to have a lot of flexibility. You can take on some contracts. Or what if you just don't want to have to match salaries in a trade? And you've got all these attractive contracts here. I love Rui. D'Lo, I, I like D'Lo mo more than most Lakers fans do. At least most Lakers fans who are frustrated after the Western Conference Finals. I like these guys. But 17 million, 18.6 million, like these are very tradable contracts. Gabe Vincent, 11 million. These are contracts that are very, very tradable. So if the Lakers next summer, if they are living in a world where LeBron leaves and you've got Anthony Davis under extension, you can very quickly pivot and potentially flip a couple salaries or just go sign some guys in free agency and rebuild on the fly around Anthony Davis. Imagine if, imagine if you're going star hunting, who's the next disgruntled star that's out there and you're the Lakers and you can stack up D'Lo and Rui's contracts and go get somebody. And then you're building a team around LeBron or around AD, that mystery player you went and got Austin Reeves, Gabe Vincent, can bring let's say you bring jared vanderbilt back you've got bird rights on max christie jhs off you go the lakers i think when they are looking at what they've built up here not only did they keep d -Lo, did they keep Rui? you kept austin you went and got gabe vincent you made all these very solid moves they're considered one of the winners of the summer i think they've also set themselves up very nicely for next summer now, again, I think ideally LeBron comes back and you have another year of LeBron. Because even at 40, LeBron's probably going to be better than a lot of the guys that'll be out there in free agency. That's ideally. But I think the Lakers have also set themselves up very well for the eventuality that LeBron could walk away. They will have a lot of flexibility to pivot in a number of different directions. Although I think a lot of it hinges upon Anthony Davis getting that extension done with him tacking on three more years to this current two-year deal, uh, the two years remaining on his deal right now, and then you go from there. That's what I think the Lakers need to do here. August 4th, that's the day he can first do it. It doesn't mean, by the way, let me just caution everybody here. This does not mean that if August 4th comes and goes and Anthony Davis has not signed that extension, that doesn't mean it's time to panic. That doesn't mean, oh no, what has happened, right? I believe LeBron took a few days last year. Maybe it was even a few weeks to actually sign his extension with the Lakers. Um, doesn't mean, uh-oh, he's not signing it, right? If we hear the Lakers aren't offering it, that's red flag. That's, oh no, because Anthony Davis is going to be upset. He's not going to be thrilled with that. He's going to come into camp not happy. And he's probably opting out the, final, the following summer, right? So... If that happens, if the Lakers were to not offer the extension, start firing up the trade machine and start looking at AD trades. But again, that's the, the catastrophic uh, apocalyptic scenario that I don't think is going to happen. I think the Lakers offer, as Dave McMenamin mentioned today on Zach Lowe's podcast, uh, I think the Lakers will offer the extension. I think AD takes it. And then the Lakers are in a position where they can be very flexible either to rebuild a roster using Anthony Davis as a trade chip and recouping assets that way or building the next iteration of the Lakers around AD and using the fact that they've got a solid infrastructure of, of role players around him already to lure in another big time free agent player. So, or potentially trade for somebody out there on the market. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So, all of that takes us back to this important date, August 4th, the Anthony Davis extension. When he is eligible for that, that's when... We need to pay attention, and we're waiting for that news to break that Anthony Davis has signed that extension. I will take that as a positive if and when that news comes out that Anthony Davis has agreed to an extension with the Lakers. I think that'll be a good sign for them. I think it'll be good for their future, and I think it allows it becomes sort of the catalyst for whatever the Lakers look like post-LeBron, whether it's with AD or without him signing that extension, I think is important. All right. Let's get into our next topic here. This is very simple. Who starts? Who starts? Rui Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt. I think there's a general sense out there from Lakers fans that D'Angelo Russell's probably going to start, right? D'Lo's going to start. Austin's going to start. I think the ball is going to run through Austin Reeves' hands. I think the Lakers saw what happens, the good things that happen when you give the ball to Austin more often. Um... They saw that at the end of last season. And on top of that, LeBron and AD are clearly starting. So I think we're going to see D'Lo, Austin. D'Lo can play off ball. Austin can run the pick and roll. LeBron, AD. Those four are starting. Then that begs the question, who's your fourth starter? And I've seen people make the argument, you know what? I think it's going to be Vando starting. Why? Because skill set wise, skill set wise, Rui, his scoring punch, that matters more coming off the bench. When you've got LeBron, you've got AD, you've got Austin, 
You've got D'Lo. You've got scoring. You've got scoring. You need a guy who's going to do everything else, all the dirty work. That's Jared Vanderbilt. That's Jared Vanderbilt, right? I'm not totally sold. Like, I agree with that. But look at the money. Look at the commitment the Lakers made. I don't know what the Lakers would give Vando. I'm not saying this is the end-all, be-all. But they committed to Rui Hachimura. $17 million next season. That's a lot of money. Jared Vanderbilt's not going to make five next season. And when push came to shove in the playoffs, it was Rui that was in there. So it wouldn't shock me if Rui winds up being the starter. Winds up being the starting, whether you want to call him the three or the four, and LeBron is the other one. Doesn't matter. But I could very easily see Rui get that spot. I think the Lakers found something with him. I think they saw enough. Here's, In some ways, you can look at Rui and, and Vando as two sides of the same coin, right? Rui's the offense, Vando's the defense. I think Rui did enough defensively to make up at least some of the ground between him and Vando there. Well, Whereas Vando, Jared Vanderbilt, I don't think he did anything offensively to make up the ground between him and, and Rui. So Rui made strides on the defensive end to close the gap. He's not as good of a defender as Jared Vanderbilt. He can't defend guys the same way that the Vando does, but he closed that gap a little bit while maintaining this massive lead on the offensive side of the ball. And so I just think Rui probably is the leader in the clubhouse right now if the team had to pick a starting five right now. I think you can make an argument for Jared Vanderbilt. And my goodness, we said it, we've said it all last season uh, while he was with the team. If he can get the 35% from three from just the court, just hit 35% on your corner threes and be willing to shoot them at a decent volume when that ball gets kicked out, that changes everything. Changes everything about Jared Vanderbilt's value. Makes it so teams can't leave him out there. Changes so much. So there is a path for Jared Vanderbilt to close that gap on the offensive end with Rui to the point where his defensive prowess becomes even more valuable because he can't get played off the floor on the offensive end where teams can just ignore him like we saw this past season. So that corner three is incredibly important. And you know what? It wouldn't shock me if it comes around because Jared Vanderbilt, um, the difference between Vanderbilt hitting 35% on corner threes and being the exact same player he was last season the difference in the amount of money he will make next summer when he hits free agency and the guy who shoots 30%, 28% on corner threes is massive. He has millions upon millions of dollars on the line with how well can he develop the corner three this summer. If he can keep his game exactly the same and just increase his three-point percentage on the corner three specifically, by 7% or so. He does that, he is going to be a very, very, very wealthy man because of how well he can defend at the NBA level. But again, until we see it, I think Rui made more strides on the defensive end. His offense really started to click with Phil Handy. I think he gets the nod. But big picture, you can disagree with me and let me know in the comment section. Do you think it should be Jared Vanderbilt? Here's why I ultimately land, though. I don't, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Here's what I think. Darvin Ham has talked about how he likes to settle into a starting five. 
I don't think most coaches do. There's some comfort in having just the, this is our starting five. And the Lakers had a ton of starting fives last year, mostly due to injury. But most coaches would like to just settle into a starting five. They can just write it in and pen. And that's, those are my starters game in game out. But I think what the Lakers have with this team is they've got some optionality. So I think depending on the matchup, you actually can do some really interesting things. Uh, some games will make sense for Rui to start. Some games will make sense for Jared Vanderbilt to start. So just as we make the argument of, oh, it should be Rui, it should be Vando, and you can fall on either side of that, I think the truth maybe should be that you can do either. Depends on your opponent across from you. Are you playing Luka? Vando, get in there. We're playing the Mavs and Luka. Go do your thing. Bug the hell out of him. This is your time. Your time to shine. Go get to it. Uh, if you're playing Denver, Rui, you get out there. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, right? Matchup-based starting lineups, I think, are possible for the Lakers, where they can add more offensive kick with Rui. They can add more defensive prowess with Vando. So I think there is flexibility here with the Lakers starting five. Will Darvin use it? We'll see. Maybe he ultimately just picks one guy and then whatever the matchup calls for, you just feed more minutes to that player. Maybe Rui gets the nod in the starting lineup and then when you're going up against uh, you know, Dallas or whoever it is that you're going to have Vando defend, well, Vando just gets the lion's share of the minutes on that night and uh, just you tweak your substitution pattern. That's something you could do. That's something you could also do. But So when we're looking at who starts. Eileen Rui but I can see a path for Jared Vanderbilt. And I think ultimately the way it should end up is that both of those guys get an opportunity. Both of those guys get called upon when the moment is right. That is, I think, something that's important. Again, you think back to 2020. And we'll talk more about the 2020 team in just a minute. We think back to 2020. That team won a championship. Now, they stuck with a starting five for most of the season. But that team won a championship because they were able to mix and match for whatever the situation called for, right? They could customize their lineup to react and counter whatever their opponent was throwing at them. Hey, we're going up against uh, Houston. They're going to play small. Markeith Morris, you're going to play some center for us. Hop in. We're going to go small. We're going to spread the floor. Uh, we're going up against Denver. We need more bodies to throw at Nikola Jokic. All right. Dwight, go get him. Right? You're going up against Portland. Hey, we're going to set the tone with JaVale early on, and then, and then we're going to uh, allow AD to kind of close out games at the five. You know what? Miami. Hey, it's Miami. Uh, that's that's uh, gave us some problems in game five. We almost wanted Danny Green misses that three. We want to make sure we make the right adjustment here for game six. Alex Caruso, hop in. Hop in, and we're going to wreak havoc on the defensive end of the floor on the perimeter. And it was that ability to customize their roster, customize what they were throwing at other teams that ultimately helped the Lakers win that championship. And there is a little bit of that to the group that the Lakers have assembled. There's a way to mix and match the pieces. And Sean Davis and I are going to talk about this in a couple of days when we go over his rotation that he's put together. But nonetheless, when I look at the Rui versus Vando debate that I'm seeing out there on social media, 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I get it, and I think it's a worthwhile discussion because it, it reflects a very different mindset depending on who the Lakers pick and what it is that they're going for because there's some very distinct pros and cons with each player, and they're very different. But ultimately, I think the ability to customize the lineup is maybe the true strength of the Lakers and the true strength of having both these players. All right, last thing I've got for today. Are the Lakers a championship team? Are they really a championship team? And I think when I look at this roster and I talk about how easy it is to customize their lineups, I think that's that's a thing. I mean, you look at how many wings they've got on this squad, how different that is compared to last season, compared to the season before, how well stocked they are at the wing position with guys like Torian Prince, guys like Cam Reddish that they've brought in to play these wing spots for them. I think that's really important and it allows them to mix and match quite a bit. They also have three very talented guards and Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, and Austin Reeves. Don't get mad, Lakers fans, but they could play all three at the same time. Not saying you do it all the time, right? When it was Russ and Dennis and Patrick Beverly. Oh, God. It was so bad. It was so bad. A bunch of short guards who they all have the same weakness of outside shooting and Oh, that was a mess. But you know what? The three-guard lineup that was Austin and D'Lo and Dennis actually wasn't bad. Actually was pretty good. So I don't want to totally dismiss the three-guard. Now, if you're going to it every night, yes, that's a problem. It's it's more of a, hey, this is another tool in the toolbox, an arrow in the quiver to turn to to deal with a particular situation, a particular problem. It's a, it's a way to solve a problem being presented by the opponent, and not every opponent is going to require that particular tool to solve that problem. So um, it's something you can turn to. You've got all these wings. You can play bigger. I mean, my God, Cam Reddish is 6'8". You could run him at the two if you want to. You could have a very big lineup out there. I think this Lakers team, they are very clearly missing a center. Very clearly. And by the way, dropping back into the, the whole Anthony Davis extension thing, I thought Dave McMenamin brought up a really interesting point on uh, on Lowe's podcast, when he talked about Anthony Davis and the whole thing that Rob Palenka said about Jackson Hayes and wanting to play Jackson Hayes and AD together, I took that. My reading between the lines was, this is a message to Christian Wood. This is a message to Bismack Biombo. This is a message to the other bigs that are out there. That, hey, look, whoever comes in you're not just competing with Jackson Hayes for the 12 minutes at center that Anthony Davis is not on the floor. That's not what we're, because we want to play another center next to AD. Next to AD. So there's a bigger opportunity here than just the backup minutes behind Anthony Davis at center. It's not you got to go beat out Jackson Hayes and whichever one of you wins gets 12 minutes a night. Whoop-de-doo. No. That's not what it is. We want to put somebody next to AD and Rob threw out there, hey, Jackson Hayes, we're going to, we got him to play him next to AD to be like that 2020 rule. 
I don't know if I totally buy it. I could see how it could work because of Hayes' ability to defend on the perimeter, but how committed are the Lakers truly to this ideology, to this, we're going to run both bigs when you only have two of them? That's pretty tough, right? When you only have two guys, because if somebody's hurt, uh, if somebody isn't quite fitting, who do you turn to right now to run the two big lineup if Jackson Hayes say isn't working out? Nobody else. That's it. It's done. It's done. And so again, I took that to mean, hey, Christian Wood, what do you think? We're going to play a big next to AD this year. But Dave threw out there that, look, AD for years now has been saying, I don't like playing center. I don't like the wear and tear it puts on my body. I'd prefer to not have to do it night in and night out. I liked what we had in 2020 when JaVale was here, when Dwight was here, they could take the physical punishment and I got to do my thing at power forward. AD needs to sign that extension in August. And Dave threw out there that maybe Rob was sending that message, not necessarily to other free agents, but to Anthony Davis of, hey, we hear you, AD. And in fact, not only do we hear you, but we did something. We went out and we got you Jackson Hayes. Now, again, it's not enough. It's not enough. Hey, we went and got you Jackson Hayes. Okay, that that helps. That helps. That's like uh, you've got two flat tires on your car. Rob Palenka shows up with one tire filled up. Okay, that helps, but then I'm still driving with one flat, right? So I don't think Rob Palenka is saying that necessarily and just went, AD couldn't have heard that and, and thought, oh my God, here it is. The promised land. I'm not going to have to play center anymore because we've got five centers on the roster. No, you've got Jackson, Hayes, and AD, and that's it right now. But it's interesting that maybe that was being put out there for Anthony Davis's benefit of, hey, not only do we hear you, but we're actively doing something to try to rectify this and try to make it so you don't have to play center so much. But again, all of this puts us back to, regardless of what Rob's message was, that they need another center. There's no question. The 14th roster spot, it's going to be a center. Who's it going to be? Maybe it's Christian Wood. Maybe it's Biombo. Maybe it's Colin Castleton. Maybe it's somebody else. Somebody will fill that center role. Maybe the dust settles on a James Harden trade and a big we weren't expecting has to get waived in order to create roster room. Maybe. Maybe the dust settles on a Lillard trade and a big we weren't expecting gets waived. It becomes a three-team trade, a four-team trade. You just never know how this stuff's going to play out. Maybe JaVale McGee, our old friend, gets waived by the Dallas Mavericks. Tim McMahon on his podcast. People were saying, uh, JaVale's not going to be with the Mavs next season. They're either going to put him in a trade, like a three-team deal or something like that, or he's going to get bought out, and he'll be on the market. Maybe he comes back. But regardless, in order to be able to check the box and say, yes, this is a championship-caliber team, you have to get another big. And I think they will. I think they will. I'm pretty confident they're going to get another big, at least one. If you're looking at the, the luxury tax and where the Lakers sit below it, Maybe I've advocated for two. Go get two bigs. Get two shots at the grab bag. We'll see if they do it or not. We'll see if they're willing to spend the money. I would prefer to see two come in. Because I think the guys that you're going to get now, um, the, it's the grab bag element. You want to have two shots at finding one decent role player. Because the guys you're getting right now, are, there's not going to be a lot of certainty with any of these players that are still out there. But let's assume they get that big. Let's assume they get that big player that can come in and play with Anthony Davis and be another big body. I look at this roster and I say, yeah, you know what? I think this has the makings of a championship team. 
However, I've seen a lot of people also that are underwhelmed with the Lakers. That are underwhelmed. They're like, yeah, okay, they're good. But And Dave brought up this point. But what happens now that D'Lo's been paid? Now that Austin's been paid? Now that Rui's been paid? These are all guys who were given everything they've got because they've got millions of dollars on the line at the end of last season. What happens when they've been paid? And ideally, it all stays the same. Nothing changes. But sometimes we see players where once they get paid, the foot comes off the gas just a little bit, and that can make a difference. Hopefully it doesn't, but it could. LeBron was realizing he needed to really push down on the gas pedal last year, and he did so. And so the Lakers, part of that post-trade deadline stretch involved LeBron coming back early and really pushing down on the gas pedal and doing everything he could to get the team into the po- into the postseason. Um, what LeBron's clearly not going to be holding down the turbo button in October, in November. So do the Lakers really look as good as they did last year? Does the if they added talent, and I think they did, they added talent. Is that in some ways mitigated by you know, the guys got paid? By LeBron's not pushing down on the turbo button? By all these things? Maybe there's not as much urgency that you're playing with because every game isn't really being treated like a playoff game? Maybe. All of these things could be factors that we could see things play out uh, in terms of how we could see things play out, particularly early in the season with the Lakers. They may not be a juggernaut right out of the gates. But nonetheless, when I look at people that look at this Lakers team, they say, well, did they really change that much? Did they really go out there and get that guy? You know what? They didn't. They didn't make the home run swing, right? And to a degree, like I'm I'm kind of proud of them for that. It feels like they made grown-up decisions this summer. Right? Like in years past, it's easy to go, ooh, Russell Westbrook, shiny toy, and go chase after him or go chase after whatever big name comes out there it's much more difficult to say, you know what? What I've got is pretty great. And if we just make some little tweaks here and there, let's do that, right? Because there's something that that feels good about, yeah, let's let's throw caution to the wind. Let's go out there. Let's make these big moves. Let's do all this stuff. It's fun, right? It's fun. It's exciting. You're going to get buzz and all that kind of stuff. But the more patient approach, the one that we, we saw the Lakers use this summer can certainly be more sustainable. And B, just as rewarding, if not even more so. If not even more so. Um, I, look at it this way. It's like, if I had $100, I could go buy 100 lottery tickets. And I could say, man, this lottery, t- this could hit. And I could win whatever. My odds are not great. But man, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. I'm swinging for the fences here. I could also take that $100. I could put it in an interest-bearing account. I could let that money compound, and I could realize that 10 years from now, I'm going to have more money. I won't have lost all that money. That money is going to continue to grow. It's going to work for me. Is that as exciting as I'm going to blow it on a, on a lottery ticket? No. And that's kind of what the Lakers did in recent years. They swung for the fences. They bought the lottery tickets. Didn't pay off. Didn't pay off. Now it feels like they made more of kind of a long-term investment, right? We're, we've got these guys. It's working. Let's continue to grow this. Let's continue to build upon this. 
And while it's not as exciting as some of the last summers that we've seen the Lakers have, I think part of what we have to what we have to factor in here, it's the NBA right now. Right? The Lakers aren't playing in a vacuum. It's not, hey, do they have enough superstars to win a championship? Is this team as good as Shaq and Kobe? And they've got all these pieces around them, right? You've got Glenn Rice. You've got uh, you've got Robert Ory. You've got Horace Grant. You've got all these guys, right? You've got Ron Harper. You've got all these pieces that are around them. Um, are they? Is it that team? Is it Kobe and Powell? And then you've got guys that are making big plays around those guys. Is that are they quite on that level? Maybe not. Is it like when it was Kobe, Powell, Andrew Bynum, Lamar Odom? Do you have those guys on this roster? Not really, but the context is not 2010. The context is right now. It's 2023, 2024. And in the Western Conference right now, there's a lot of parity. Yeah, Phoenix made big moves, but they're also very top-heavy. We haven't seen them play together. Who knows how good they're actually going to be or not be. It, the ceiling is very high for the Suns. But the floor is very, like this could crash and burn in a devastating way for Phoenix. So I'm not looking at them and saying, oh, the Lakers didn't keep pace with the Suns here. Denver, they lost pieces. They still have most of their guys. Darvin made this point the other day. They still have Jamal Murray. They still have Nikola Jokic. They didn't really lose that much. But they did lose some pieces. Right? Bruce Brown, gone. Um, they lost some guys from last year. In this year's West, given how compact it is, I think the Lakers are right in the mix. Are they that juggernaut team? No, but that's not really the way of the NBA world right now. The Phoenix Suns are trying to swim against the current and create this super team. The Celtics are trying to spend like that as well. There's a few teams that are doing this. But for the most part, the NBA River is flowing more towards this parody a lot of teams having a shot look at how crazy the west was last season i'm expecting to be even crazier this season and this lakers team is squarely in the mix squarely in the mix for a championship and i think they're banking on their continuity mattering as well as their flexibility right you get into the season you see hey we have a real problem in this particular area guess what now you've got a bunch of tradable contracts to go out there and figure something out that solves that problem. So they're banking on their cohesiveness, their stability, their chemistry improving from last year, their consistency carrying them, as well as the flexibility that they've built into this roster. The Phoenix Suns are about as locked into their guys as they possibly can be. If it doesn't work, if Kevin Durant decides, I don't like Bradley Beal anymore, if that happens, then Suns are stuck. There's not much they can do there. I'm not expecting that to happen or anything. But they have very little flexibility with their roster. The Lakers have a lot of flexibility to adjust to some things on the fly. So when I look at this team and I say, is this a championship team? I know we compare them to the teams of the past. Shaq and Kobe to, to Kobe and Powell to, to Magic and Kareem. And right when we look at this roster, we may not say, oh man, what a star-studded team. Of course, LeBron and AD, there's no coming to... LeBron is the star of stars in today's NBA. But maybe you don't get just blown away with the top-level talent on this team outside of LeBron and AD. And I think Austin Reeves, honestly, is on his way to being in the mix here as one of, you know, one of the better players 
um, in the league, certainly the third best player on the Lakers last season for much of the season. But I think what they've got is depth. And I think what they've got is a championship team that's more reflective of the reality of today's NBA. Today's NBA, one where you need depth, one where you're not going to just overwhelm every opponent by having so much more talent than they do. It's not the way the NBA is pushing. We'll see if the Suns are successful. We'll see if some of these other teams are successful. But the new CBA was built specifically to try to make it so damaging to build the way the Suns have that ultimately you're going to flame out. It's not going to work. Again, we'll find out. It'll be an interesting exper experiment. But this Lakers team, are they a championship team? I think they are in the modern NBA with the depth that they've got, with the flexibility that they've got, with the versatility that they've got in terms of how Darvin Ham can deploy his lineups. And I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited because there is so much for Darvin and the coaching staff to work with. There's so many possibilities. There's so much for the front office to work with, even missing either your 2024 or 2025 and your 2027 first. They still have so much that they can mold with this roster, and they set it all up with the moves that they made this past summer. So once again, kudos to Rob Palenka, to the Lakers front office, to their entire scouting department, to everybody that put this team together. Doesn't mean for sure they're going to have success. We've seen teams that we've said, wow, they had a great offseason, and then things fall apart when the season starts. So it's no guarantee, but based on the information that we have right now, I mean, like, that's why you play the games, but based on the information that we have right now, based on what we saw went down this this summer, I think the Lakers did a pretty damn good job, and I think they indeed have assembled a team where if LeBron's at his best, Anthony Davis is at his best, and the role players have really started to click and figure things out come playoff time, man, they could, they could really make some noise and maybe, just maybe, hoist that 18th championship. Lakers Nation, give me your thoughts in the comments down below about Anthony Davis, should the Lakers extend? Do you agree with me about what the Lakers' future could look like, even if they have to go in a rebuild in a world where Anthony Davis extends with the Lakers? Whose side do you take on Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt? Who should get that starting job in the Lakers' starting five? And is this a championship team? Is this a team that you think can get the Lakers to where they want to go this season? Give me your thoughts in the comments section. Don't forget, subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And of course, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.